Hey, hey, I'm really excited because I am running a brand new course and it starts on the 20th of March and it's called Bad Bitch Money School and it's four weeks with yours truly and I'll be teaching you how to create a rock solid relationship with money. The enrollment is now open uh, but what I thought I would do was share a little bit more about my history and story around money because there are so many people out there teaching around money and I wanted to open the door on to my experiences with money, where I was and where I am now, and allow this wisdom, this knowledge to percolate in your body and give you the opportunity to see whether it feels right for you. Because I know that when it feels right for you, you come into my world and we meet halfway and that's when the magic and the transformation happens. So I'm going to take you back to my childhood around money. And I came, I come from a middle-class upbringing. Uh, my family had money and it was always available but yet, you always had to be very careful with money. You had to be very careful with money. You never know when you could run out. These stories were weaved into my psyche from a very early age. And I learned early on that money could buy you happiness. Uh, my mum loved to shop, but my dad didn't like my mum to shop. So he always told her off for that. You know, this is my mum and dad were together until I was 14. Um, so I watched this kind of exchange going on. And for me, I learned when I bought things that would give me happiness. And when I didn't have the money to buy things, I would steal it from my mum's purse. Um, at some point, my dad lost all his money. Um, I think it was during a recession and everything shifted and changed. And then my mum and dad divorced and then money became uh, something that you couldn't get your hands on, that you'd be very mindful of, that there was a lot of fear around money. And there's more to this, but I wanted to give you a sense of my upbringing around money. I was, as a child, very controlled by my family. And you had to be a certain, I had, I learned this as well, I had to be a certain way to be loved and accepted by my family. And when I wasn't that way, I would get called names, I would have the the mickey taken out of me, I would be uh, shamed for how I felt or how I acted. So at 16, I was like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. So I sort of exited as quickly as I could from the family world. And I went out into my own world and started earning my own money. 
And my story is that I was never happy being me. My core wounding was I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. So from 16 onwards, I use money as a way to find my happiness. I used to buy clothes. I used to go on holidays. And this escalated in me having a couple of credit cards. And I think that I did get into trouble with credit cards and money. And my dad bailed me out in my 20s. I was married. This was my first marriage in my 20s. And I'm I'm racking my brains here thinking about the expanse. I spent 10 years with my first husband. When we weren't living together, I was I had this sense of freedom, but I didn't have any discipline or respect around money. I just spent it. I was just spent it. And then I would get another job to earn more money. And I had probably two or three jobs at any one time. So money was coming in from all different angles. I was still overspending. Um, and then when we got married, I was very much more controlled because my husband would say, you couldn't do this. You can't do that. We haven't got the money. So again, that's kind of fear-based approach around money. Like you always have to be careful. And I truly believe as I've got older and I've got, you know, I've gone through a shit show with my money that that is useful, that that mindset is useful, but not the not a total 100 percent, you know, to think like that. When I divorced, when my husband and I divorced when I was 30, I was free again. That's how it felt. I was free. I was going to go and do what I wanted. And I remember one of the things I said, I went, no one is, no one is ever going to tell me what to do ever again. <laughs> I'm laughing because of the mess I got myself into in my 30s. So I call my my 30s my rock and roll years or the car crash years. So I was just free to do what I wanted. So I started spending again. And again, I used money as a root of finding happiness outside me because inside I still wasn't happy. Um, and this just kept escalating in my 30s and I got became addicted to cocaine, alcohol, overspending, extravagant holidays. And I really used money as a way to prove that I was worthy to show my value to the world. So if I wore certain things, I had my hair a certain way, I was valuable, I was worthy. My overspending was completely out of control. Um, I, I, and in the background, I was running successful businesses, like highly successful businesses, multiple six-figure businesses. Do I wanna say businesses again? <laughs> Um, but money was coming in, but yet more money was going out. And this all came to a head in, I'm trying to think the actual year, but probably 2008 was when I got clean from doing drugs. And then I think it was a couple of years later, I had to declare myself bankrupt because I could no longer keep up my minimum payments. So there was a lot of fear that I, it was self-induced fear around money. 
um, that I really got myself into a pickle. And part of my agreement with the bankruptcy is that I had to pay back a certain amount for the next six years. Um, that was a, an agreement that I agreed. And then those six years were very, very difficult because I no longer had access to credit cards. I had no longer had access to loans, overdrafts, I had to change all my bank accounts. And there was a there was a shitload of shame. There was a lot of trauma around this time because the way that I had displayed my worthiness or proved my worthiness to myself, my value has had been ripped away from me. So in those six years, I my I think my business did a couple of U-turns and reiterations, and I've I wasn't earning a lot of money in those years as well. And at times I was living on the breadline, like I couldn't afford to do, well, I definitely couldn't afford to do what I was doing before. There's no way I could. So I had to really look, it forced me to really look at my relationship with money. And even though I'm, I love budgeting around money and, I, and my friend Rebecca Robinson says, you've got to make money, give it a job, right? So I'd always give my money a job. But yet before I went bankrupt, I was kind of living, do you know what? I think I was living in cloud cuckoo land. I was just like, oh, I've got a budget, but it's fine. Something else will come in. No problem. I've always been all right. So it's like this kind of real, actually, as I'm saying this, it's very similar to my son. Oh, it's okay. Something else will happen. And, you know, I'll always be okay. And it, I wasn't taking radical responsibility for how I was showing up with money. So when I declared myself bankrupt and you know, everything was taken away, I had to really teach myself how to have a different relationship with money, which I did. And I got really savvy with money and budgeting and not spending a lot of money. And honestly, I love the fact that I've learned that because it comes in handy. Even today, it's a really good skill but what I did do is I taught myself how to be more responsible around money. Um, and it took a long time. And I had to really work on my money mindset, on the stories that I held within myself, because a lot of the stuff I was holding inside was there's not enough money. There's never enough. I'm always going to be living on the breadline. It's that scarcity thinking, that fear-based thinking, which had been instilled in me from my mum and dad. And actually, as I've done more work on this and looked back at my generational lineage, my grandparents were minted. They had so much, but they were very wealthy but yet they had that fear-based 
mentality around money too is that you can't spend it you never know what's going to happen and now as I am deeper into my entrepreneurial journey is that I'm coming out of that mindset of there's one source for your money and actually there's many ways to earn money there's many different avenues to earn money and in this journey I've had to really work on my value and my worthiness as well, because especially around the bankruptcy, I believed that, you know, it rooted into that core wounding as I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. I abundance is not here for me. Possibilities are not here for me. And Towards the end of that period where I really had to watch my money, learn a different way, and I really had to teach myself that you can't keep overspending. Like you can't, for me, overspending was another addiction. So my addictions have been cocaine, alcoholism, men, overspending so I really had to shine a magnifying mirror on my overspending and the reasons why I would overspend and if I fast forward to today I still have that I don't think the addictions go away but what I've got better at is managing them is understanding, oh, I know why you're doing that now. Let's go and do this instead. So if you cycle back to the beginning of my story, kind of when I was in my teens, I've or even early on, I associated money and buying things with happiness. <laughs> and I look at my mum as well. My mum is, I went out with her yesterday. You know, she still is in that mentality of, you know, when she buys things, she's, it brings her happiness and I get it. I, and I love to dissect things. And for me, what I've learned is that it's the chase. I always remember, I'm going to align this with my cocaine days. When it was Friday and I would get my gram of Coke on a Friday night, it was the excitement of getting on the phone to my dealer, of driving somewhere to meet him to him handing me the coke over, me handing him 50 quid. It was the whole excitement and the allure of the seduction of this chase, the thrill of the chase. And actually doing the coke was not as exciting as the chase. And that's how I really look at overspending and spending money. It's that dopamine hit that I get that really kind of, it's that instant gratification. And as I've got older, it's really unhooking myself from that instant gratification. And that's not meant to say that I'm this holier than thou fucking person sitting here on my yoga mat. I'm not. I, I am doing the work much like you are doing the work. And I'm humble and I'm honest and I'm real. And I still mess up now, but I mess up way fucking less, way less. So teaching myself how to respect money, because that's what I never did. I never respected money. 
And I think somewhere in all of that is I spent quite a few years on really looking as at money as my lover. Now, that was challenging as well because I have a history of toxic relationships. So I didn't even know what a fucking nourishing relationship with a lover looked like. But for me, it's it was learning how to respect money. And then what happened next in my sort of money world? Oh, yeah, I met my second husband. And that's, I remember the time I met my second husband and I didn't have any money. And my husband, my second husband was wealthy. And I still remember now is I wanted him to save me. I wanted him to fix everything for me because I was exhausted by life. I'd had enough. And I'm going to sidetrack, come back to the story. But I always remember in Clarissa Pinkola's book, I think it's when women run with the wolves. She says women need to take time out from their lives to lick their wounds, to replenish, to restore. And I never was taught that. I was always taught that you had to keep going. You had to keep fucking hustling. You can't drop the ball because you never know what's fucking else coming around the corner. Again, this fear-based living. And so when I, and so many things had happened, like I'd, I'd gone bankrupt, I'd got clean, and then I stopped drinking. I started drinking again, and then I had three breakdowns. And then I was exhausted by life. I was just so exhausted. So when my second husband came into my world, I just wanted him to rescue me. And he didn't. <laughs> and that was a really hard lesson too. And then there was more kind of cycling around in my various patterns and, you know, habits with money. And it's taken me a long time to get here where I am, but slowly, ever so slowly, as I've been doing this work, and it started off in my early 40s, it was, I have to take responsibility for myself. I have to shine a magnifying glass or mirror. Is it glass magnifying mirror? Magnifying glass on my actions. And the deeper I look at myself, the more I'm able to understand why I do the things I do and then open my mind to learning a different way. Now, one of the things that I've always done and I have always been is I've, I've always studied wealthy people. I've always studied wealthy people. So I've always read books on wealth, on money. So I'm always learning more about money. But the other thing is I've always been surrounded by wealthy people in my businesses. And I would always ask them what it is around money. How do they accumulate wealth? And one thing that they would always say is we don't spend it. We don't spend money. We earn more. We Hang on, let me get this right there's always a surplus of money coming in and we don't spend that. Now, for me, my patterning around money was if there's a surplus, I spent it. And slowly over the years, I've taught myself that savings are important and I never 
ever thought savings were important. Investments was something that was way out my league. And now I have investments. And it's this real ongoing, deep self-inquiry into self around what are the stories I'm carrying? What are my values around money? And that's what I had to wake the fuck up and look at. I really had to look at my values around money and realize that if I didn't change the way that I was showing up around money, nothing would change. Because I'll be honest with you, I I was still waiting for someone else to fucking wave their magic wand and fix it all for me. Um, I talk, this is a big part of my work. It's that transition from girl into adult, into woman. And actually, in if you look at the work of Steiner, we revolve in our life in seven-year cycles. And the cycle between 42 and 49 is the cycle when we move into adulthood. And for me, that decade of my 40s was that real shift into responsibility, into owning who I am, my adulthood. And then from there... And also, I can't remember if I just said this, but when I hit my 40s, I looked at my life and I said, I've learned to move through my life this way. I'm going to learn to move through my life in a different way. And from there, everything started to roll out. And over the last 10, 11 years, I've learned how to have a way better relationship with money, that I don't spend all my money when it comes in, that I save it, that I invest it, that I'm owning my worth, which is a flippant comment, but there's so many nuances to self-worth. And I really believe that is a big component. component. And all of this that I'm talking about is covered in the course. So I'm going to be taking you really deep into all of this work that if we're, if inherently we don't believe we're worthy, then how the fuck will, you know, why would money stay around? So it's really working on our inherent worth, deconditioning ourselves, understanding the lineage. And then more recently, my son has got himself into money problems um, and he was burying his head in the sand and I chose to go in and help him not fix it, but resolve it. That's it. Resolve it is a better word. And for me, as I went in and helped him resolve it, it, it excavated a lot of trauma and shame and bodily responses that I was holding back from when I had debtors phone me up every single day and letters dropping onto my uh, hallway. And when we, and I'm really grateful for it, actually, really grateful for this lesson because it's helped me shift another level of shame and also recalibrate my body. Uh, because if you listen to me for a while, you'll hear me talk about we've got to widen our window of tolerance. We've always got to, for me, I never felt safe around money. So for me, my job is to help you find ways to feel safe around money. And then we work on mindset. We work on, we're always working on the body because that's how you create that sense of safety. 
and then you take practical aligned actions. You you don't get anywhere without doing the practical actions. And for someone, for me, for someone like me who wants to earn more money, who wants to see what she's capable of, and for earning money from my craft, from my wisdom, I'm having to break generational curses. I'm having to really look at my mindset, my lineage. I'm having to constantly create a new level of safety within my body um, and back those up with actions that are aligned with my values and my long-term goals, which is what I'm very much focused on, whereas before... (laughs) around money it was always on the short term how can I get my quick fix from buying this Louis Vuitton handbag or Christian Louboutin shoes you know it's less about it's I've extracted myself from that quick fix mentality money doesn't buy me happiness money is a tool for me to create a life that I want and And I know for me to do that, I have to be really embodied in who I am, embodied in my feelings, being willing to excavate gently with compassion, the shame and the emotions that come up and to be willing to look at things from different angles. I will talk more about various aspects of my journey around money in the next upcoming weeks. And if you are loving this and you are feeling compelled, love that word, if you're feeling compelled to create a different relationship with money, to look at money without the shame, to feel good around money, to look at your overspending to start taking daily aligned actions that feel good for you, then I would love for you to come and join me on Bad Bitch Money School. It really is a safe place for you to land, for you to do this deep excavation work and to start this journey so that you are back in control of your money and you are back in control of creating your independent wealth for your future. The link is Ms. Star Monroe, let me just find it, slash money dash school. And I'll put the link into the show notes so you can find that super easily. And I'm looking forward to helping you create a rock solid with rock solid relationship with money. It's completely, completely and entirely possible for you.